Everybody, and do you remember the 21st night of September? Oh, I thought you were about to start singing Michael Jackson. I was like, wait, what? I've done the wrong remember? This is September 1994, living in the past styles. Uh, my name is Paul. I'm confused. What just happened? Was that a song that came oh. out? Where are we? It's the song Hello. by... <laughs> 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 to see him, Stacy. <laughs> uh, it's by, it's September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. We're doing September nineteen ninety four. I thought I'd jazz it up, but you know, uh, no. change doesn't do well in these things. No, no. Uh, you... take take your jazz elsewhere. This is not the place. Okay. <laughs> How you doing? Uh, I'm very well, surprisingly, despite my uh, <laughs> lack of enthusiasm towards September so far. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. Have, I'm have good. I ruined I'm... the mood yet? No, no, I'm feeling about as... Uh, Give it time. I'm feeling I could uh, borrow a hole through, put behind the poster of uh, Buxom's 1960s Girl. I'm feeling that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that means. It's a Shawshank Redemption uh, Oh, odd. Sorry, I didn't watch it. This is going really well. Spoiler <laughs> alert, I did not watch uh, so- the best film of the month. Jesus. Uh, so, um, um, unless you've got more uh, tales about your Two Tigers poster, let's go on to Living in the Now. Uh, so, this is the part where we talk about stuff we're doing now and not in the 90s and trying to get this uh, shit show back on schedule. <laughs> what have you been watching? I uh, Mostly this week I've been looking at my framed tiger poster that is no longer mm-hmm. tigers because I contact papered over the tiger section which is quite upsetting to find out i thought i'd done the other side um do you think that that was like at the time you were like slaying a dragon and i if you don't know that we, we if you listen to our august uh 1994 episodes and you'll hear, you, you hear the backstory about the two tigers but yeah it sounds like a euphemism for something <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh we went and saw the new thor oh do you thought thor we thought it and <laughs> Uh, it's hard because Ragnarok was great. I'm not here to trash Tiger. I love Tiger. We have uh, started watching what we do in the shadows again. Um, everything he does seems to be somewhat magic, but yeah, sometimes it doesn't quite get me, or I don't get it. I, I guess, and I feel like maybe he had too much free reign here to be a bit too weird. And it was like it was a logical um... step on from Ragnarok. I get it. But, uh, I don't know, maybe it was a bit too much of a step. But it was good. It's still like a three, three and a half star film. I rate it. Okay. Go see it. Uh, I, yeah, look, I, I'm so out of touch with Marvel at the moment, so like, I wouldn't know what's going on. But like, i I got to figure that even like a so-so Marvel film is still like an experience to go see. Like It's still like a... like I don't know whether like, fans are just wait, like asking too much and... I've heard that it's like got a good sort of message, like messages in there, and and I don't know, like I, I got no, I, I all I can see is what I've read in, in interviews and lots of stuff. So, 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not here to knock it. Taika Waititi is fantastic. Pretty much everything he does is fantastic. Natalie Portman yeah. is one of the greatest women to ever exist. So <laughs> I, I'm not going to say anything bad about the film. It's just yeah, I didn't love it as much as I wanted to, I guess. Maybe my, my bar was too high. Yeah. Um, and then my bar well, got soft. I've just... <laughs> Um, I have so um, on another podcast I listened to with Gawley and Russ they're doing the um, the Chucky films and uh, Mal had never seen hardly any of them so I was watching I was there I was like, this is like Monday this week so like you know a few days just like five, four or five days ago so I'm watching like the second or third one and she's like oh okay and she's sort of like laughing at it which is fine because you should laugh at it because they're, they're ridiculous um, and I was like oh do you want to see the next one so we watched Bride, which is even more ridiculous. And then we just kept going. So like in this last week, we've watched eight Child's Play films, oh my which gosh. are really easy to do because they're, they're like, they're only an hour and a half each. Like, so it's, it's really, really easy to do. Um, and now, and like even this morning, still... we, just, we just watched the remake with Aud- um, Aubrey Plaza. Oh yeah. Um, okay. That was, everyone trashes that. I thought it was actually a pretty decent take on it. I liked it. Yeah, it's, um, it's a reprisal. Like she, she's a good time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, uh, yeah. So we, we've done that. That's how we, that's how I spent uh, my holidays. Uh, <laughs> I've watched a a Charles. I feel like so. that came up for me recently. I don't know if there was a weird crossover with someone who had been in one of them, or okay, that's going to annoy me. But it's not that important. It's probably Lena Banks. Um, the only the other thing too I've been watching is Picket Fences, uh, which I <laughs> gave a little bit of uh, nod to on our Simpsons episode. Um, still watching that, still delightful. Um, it's a uh, it, yeah, always makes, it's it's one that regularly makes me um, tear up. They 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 they, they know how to pull at the heartstrings on <laughs> Picket Fences. So, uh, so <laughs> but um, getting back into uh, the knives, let's go into uh, the events. Okay, so not a lot. Um, we had a man who crashed a stolen plane into the lawn of the White House. Um, so this is an article from a site called Politico. Uh, it's also got it's, it's got the a picture of the um, the person giving the press conference about the the plane crash, and he looks looks like he wanted to be anywhere but there. It's just like he's just he's got his hand on his head. He's just like, oh god, I've got to report about this stupid shit. Um, so what happened was... You know why? Uh, because there's like a hundred plane crashes every day in the 90s. He's like, Ugh, another one? Yeah. <laughs> this one only had one person in it. Uh, so just before 2am, um, uh, Cessna plane uh, flew over the White House and then uh, basically just crashed into... It was just below the um, the presidential bedroom, but they weren't actually there. They were, they were across the road at... Um, uh, uh, one of the the guest houses because there was there was some sort of work being done in the White House at the time. So Bill and Hillary and Chelsea weren't there. Also, maybe um, does the president not actually stay in the White House because that's too obvious? He does. Does he? No, I think that, that does, seems yeah. like a risk. I think I think, I, I think a lot of times that like they're 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 where they they were this time like in the guest quarters. But yeah. but then a plane can um, just fly right into the White House and then you're dead. Well, but they, they basically think that it was a um. A suicide attempt because the guy was a bit. Uh, he had like a history of sort of mental illness and, and addiction, um, and then they said that uh, President Bill Clinton um, came running over, and they always like they always like describe what he's wearing. 
Um, so it's after daylight, Bill Clinton wearing black jogging clothes and a baseball hat <laughs> returned to the White oh. House. Hey, everybody, head on. Um, and he just, and then it says, uh, he, he, he was later seen peering out the window, looking at the wreckage. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Hillary, look at that. <laughs> I was really hoping he was going to be wearing pajamas that had dinosaurs with saxophones on them. <laughs> that's, that's what I saw him running across the lawn. And they also should have added um, peering out the window, slurping on a Slurpee, the size of his head. Just like... And, wow. and making sounds like Hank Hill as he ran. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, that was... Uh, then we, we're, we're back in OJ Town. So, uh, this time, uh, the prosecutors... So, Marsh Clark and Christopher Drayden, uh, Darden were uh, chosen to be the prosecution in this case. Um once again, you should everyone should really, really watch the People vs. O.J. Simpson on Netflix. Uh, it's just a fantastic series. Uh, they also um, put in that they will be seeking for the uh, life without parole for O.J. Um, when they when the when they goes to court, um, and the jury selection began. The jury selection took a long time, so like both t- both teams were sort of trying to find their 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 perfect uh, like twelve people that were going to give a fair trial. Oh. So. I mean, I guess so, the the ruling is supposed to be you're not supposed to have any prior knowledge, or be like unbiased. Yeah, I think I think I think they, well, they did try for a change of venue, um, but like the the judge, I think, sort of said, "Well, where in the US US is not going, no one going to know about this." Yeah. So they kept it in LA. But um, yeah, I think they when you look at actually when you watch the show, like they they go through, um, like. All the biases that they sort of question the jury mem- uh, members of. So yeah, uh, so we'll have more of that uh, next uh, next month because that what that just went. Uh, yeah, that's all my news though. Like, there's there's not much. Like, um, I was just saying off mic before. Like, I could tell you about a bunch of stuff happening in the world, but it's not very fun. And it's not, <laughs> like I'm not saying it's not interesting, but it's just like it's like a lot of it's like a, a pretty major drag. I'm I'm trying to find the kooky weird stuff, but like, 94 is not giving me the goods. So let's go on to. Sport. Well, you've come to the place for the goods because we have the Regal Scottish Masters. Ooh, is that the games where they do all the stupid weird Scottish? That's a fucking snooker tournament. (laughs) Ah, okay. I was like, is this? Are we talking to get some caber toss in here? No, Uh, Regal is just a cigarette brand. <laughs> Which find me a snooker or darts tournament in the nineties that was not sponsored by cigarettes. Yeah. Or it's just, or a when, type of ale. Weren't they supposed to be like smoking as they were doing it too? Oh yeah, you've got to. <laughs> Where's your fucking smoke? <laughs> um, I'm sure you get called all sorts of horrible names if you are not smoking or drinking and playing <clears throat> snooker. Uh this is I know this. No one's going to care about this, but I still find this very odd that we are now reaching the years. So when we moved back to England, uh, we moved to England in 1998, and my brother and I got quite into snooker and watching it. And all these. Oh, I remember. We've talked about this. We've talked about this before. Yeah, and all these names. Fucking weirdos. It's. I don't know. There's something about it when you've got absolutely nothing else to do and no friends, <laughs> and you can watch these guys <laughs> knock these balls around. It's a it's a downward spiral. It's like oh, he's got no friends now. He's watching snooker. <laughs> We've got to get him a friend. <laughs> so yeah, I find it weird. I guess we're only four years out, but I know half of these guys. Not personally, England's not that small. 
Like, I know these names from, like, when I would watch Snooker. Alan McManus, Ronnie O'Sullivan, Steve Davis, Stephen Henry. They my cigarette. Jimmy White. <laughs> Excuse me, sir, can you sign my cigarette? <laughs> Ashed in my face. Um, Why aren't you fucking smoking it? Because <laughs> I'm nine. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there was Snooker. Um, somebody won it. Um, <laughs> we also had a, a rowing championship held in oh. Indianapolis. See, they should have a cigarette company <laughs> sponsor that one. In Indianapolis, yeah. okay. In a landlocked state. Good hmm. idea. Hmm. I guess it's a. Hey, well, they have those dragon boat things in Darwin, so, you know. Yeah, but Darwin's on a coast ish. True, yeah. How cool's Dragon Boat as well? I used to know a guy that did it, and he would, the stories he'd tell me, man, <laughs> good times about a, okay. about rowing while being I don't know. He's a nice guy. <laughs> um, He's a step up from your snooker, <laughs> snooker heroes. <yeah. laughs> so, so World Rowing Championships in uh, Indianapolis. Yes. Yeah, apparently that that was that was a thing. Um, okay, quite a lot of nations <laughs> competed. Didn't know this was happening. And they all got there and it's like, there's no water. <laughs> it was held at Eagle Creek Park. Oh, nice. Not even a lake. It was a creek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, I know you're all used to having about four or five people in boats. It's not going to happen this year. <laughs> it's, got, it's got a canoe situation. <laughs> Paddle pop sticks. Sorry, Laura. Um, Italy uh, topped the medal chart. How about that? Oh. Yeah. Didn't see that coming, did you? Um, so let's get to the good stuff because this this is a big event that I knew I had to cover. This is the AFL Grand Final this is of 1994. The AFL Grand Final of 1994. Can I guess the teams? I, I, I think I can do it. I think I can do it. Uh, only if you also try and guess the pre match entertainment. Is it West Coast and Hawthorne? Halfway. West Coast? Mm hmm. And. Oh, shit. Geelong? It is the Geelong Cats who fucking lost. Sucker forever, Geelong. You suck. Alright. Something else going on there. <laughs> uh, and the pre-match, was this Angry's year? No, this was the Seekers. And, was this Bound? Oh my god. And Deborah Byrne. <laughs> the Seekers. Mm. So, it's like, alright, you 90,000 uh, just hormone ravaged, like, stupid men. Here's the Seekers doing the carnival is over. <laughs> and then just it'll be like all of them just like start crying. It's like, oh, my mum liked this one. <laughs> 93,860 people. Ah, oh, jeez. I'd never ever go near that today. No. Um, or back in the day. But yeah, uh, absolute pounding. West Coast 143, Geelong 63. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that game. Yeah. Do you also remember that it was actually held on October 1st? But... Um, uh, September's grand final month, so yeah. I'm sorry if you're going to be nitpicky that I did it a month earlier. That's too bad because I can already can already feel the inbox just like piling up with like fact checking. You know, I bet as soon as I said it, uh, I can imagine our friend Mark saying, "I'm pretty sure it was October that year." Why is he talking about the grand final already? <laughs> Craig just like no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can I, love you, Craig. I can hear his finger. Hitting the desk. <laughs> He's like uh, Richard Kimball being accused of murdering his <laughs> wife. <laughs> it was October 1st. 
It was October 1st. You find this man. <laughs> he had a mechanical arm. <laughs> it's not even mechanical. <laughs> kind of. It's got... Uh, it's not. It's... It's mechanical. It's, it's saying to me that it's got moving parts. All it's uh, got is like, it's just a hand that's... Oh, my God. There's just... Fasic. <laughs> um... There's just... <laughs> <laughs> and let's go on to film. <laughs> oh, it's, you know what? Uh, maybe long-time listeners could tell that we're recording this at night, and it gets a bit, it's, it gets a bit giddy. It gets at night. a bit blue. I'm just say, it's a little blue. All right, we have got some movies. It either gets giddy um, or you fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, wide awake. Uh, so we have movies: A Simple Twist of Fate, The Next Karate Kid, Quiz Show, The Shawshank Redemption, Terminal Velocity, Death of a Cheerleader, Edward the Scout, and The River Wild. Death of a Cheerleader, also known as A Friend to Die For, by the way. I wanted to watch that, and I just I didn't get around. To oh, that was a great it. decision. Um, Do not watch it. Is it one of those ones that like promises death and there's no death? It's one of those ones where you start watching because you have a reason to watch it, but then while you're watching it, you think, is the reason of watching this worth watching it? <laughs> it's got, um, who's it got? Uh, Tori Spelling. Tori Spelling, yeah. Um, and and the lady from ER who's really sweet and nice. I can't remember her name. Moratini? No, I no. wish. <laughs> uh, she wasn't in it heaps. Oh. In ER, that is. She was in the movie the whole time. Um, we'll get we'll get to here. Uh, it was, it wasn't right, bad. So it just wasn't actually. No, it was bad. Yeah, Tori Spelling was atrocious. Uh, oh, it had um, the girl that's not Rachel Blanchard or Alicia Silverstone, but looks like both of them. Jesus Christ! Yeah, Tori Spelling. <laughs> it it starts um, off like she gets stabbed, um, and she like goes up to a neighbor's house. She's like stunned. She's like, help me. I've been stabbed, and then just falls to the floor. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we can, we can. Tell. It's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, but uh, terrible film. So Do not watch it. I didn't get to watch the Scout, and I really wanted to. I still, I still might actually do it because, like, I have to be. I have to admit, like, well, I'm a little bit out of step with our baseball movies. You've been covering a lot of them um, this season. I'm so keen to um, jump on every baseball film, and it was only a matter of time. This one was bad. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, it got pretty lackluster reviews because I was like, you got your Brendan Fraser and you've got your, um, oh, what's his name? Um, so Al Brooks is the... Uh, Al Brooks, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I like Al Brooks a lot. And, and, um, and, but, and our friend Perry White's in it. Oh, Perry White! <laughs> Just being Perry White. There's donkeys in it. Um, he goes to Mexico, there's donkeys everywhere. Um, is Brendan Fraser like... What's the redeeming feature of the film? Like, is is it, is it... Uh, that there's a little bit of baseball? Um, there's okay. not a whole lot. Uh, J.K. Simmons was in it for five seconds. Oh, nice! He <laughs> crops up a lot in the nineties. Like literally five seconds. He's the team manager, and Brendan Fraser walks past him and like that was J.K. Simmons. Doesn't even say a word. He just Ed- looks. Um, did you watch Ed Wood? Uh, I did, but I I've not finished with the Scout. I want to. Okay. I want to tell you how bad it is. <laughs> I need because all the baseball films so far this year have been so good. And I've had so much fun, and I need to highlight how terrible this was. Okay, and it's not that. No, is it because there's no kids in it? Yeah, there's no kids in it. There's not a lot of fun to it. Um, Brennan Fraser is basically Link from uh, Encino Man, California Man. 
Like he's very dumb. He clearly has a lot of uh, trauma that he's not processed. And yeah. then they try and get him to. Is it? Well, is it Diane like... Weist? Oh, Diane Weist. Yeah. The like, if you're going to see a therapist, like, yes, she starts helping him through his trauma, uh, which makes him not want to play baseball. Yep. Al Brooks desperately wants him to play baseball because it will make him rich and keeps forcing him and pushing him. Turns out he has father issues and he wants to potentially murder his father. He now sees Al Brooks as his father. And if you keep pushing him and being a dickhead, he's going to try and murder you. Uh, oh. It takes until the end of the film for Al Brooks to go, forget it. If you don't want to play baseball, don't play baseball. It's fine. And what happens? He plays Brendan Fraser goes, hang on. Maybe I do want to play. <sighs> It spent way too much time not getting... You know it's going there. You know it has to go there. It should have gone there a lot earlier. They could have added some more plot points to it. Uh, they could have been a lot less racist about when he goes to different places to see baseball players. The <sighs> front cover of the movie would would say that this is a comedy, though, because it looks like a comedy movie. Like I always, I've never seen this movie before, but every time I walk past, I'm like, oh, that's like a funny baseball movie. I might watch that someday. It, it tried to be here and there, but it, it wasn't. It's weird... So of course you have some some white savior, as you do in any mm. any film. Um, but I did find it interesting that it was a white guy went to Mexico and became the biggest thing in baseball. Whereas my knowledge of baseball growing up was people coming from Cuba or like South America and yeah. being baseball stars. Yeah. But now you've gone and found a white guy that's from somewhere else. It's, uh, are they trying to <laughs> so, flip? Or so someone's just... like. You know that you know that classic immigrant story where it's like really uplifting. How about we flip that and we go down there? It's like, oh, you're Let, a fucking let's genius. let's have a white immigrant who's actually not an immigrant, mm. but it seems like he is, yeah. and he's the best thing that's ever happened because white people are the best thing that ever happened. <laughs> also, um, Hernandez uh, Hollywood <laughs> from Seinfeld was in it. Nice. Uh, so let's talk about Edward. Um, I watched this last year because I went. I, I last year was one of my uh, things I was trying to do was watch more Tim Burton because I just trash him all the time. Um, this was back when you were rating so films, and you gave this four stars. Is it's I still think it's a good movie. Um, I look and I look. It'd be easy, or well, not easy, but like it'd be satisfying to just go like let's just uh, discount every film that Johnny Depp's been in. But like he's been in a lot of movies that I like. So I mean. Uh, regardless of your feelings towards him, this one in particular, he's very good in and he really nails the part quite well and obviously um, was allowed to sort of spread his wings quite a bit. Uh, what did you think? He does play that wiener quite well, surprisingly. Um, yeah. But having... I've never seen uh, Willy Wonka, but I've seen clips and that's all I could think the whole time. Oh, yeah. his th this, this is probably the closest... Those two characters are very, very close. Yeah. Like he, he, when I watched Edward last year, I was like, shit, this is just his Willy Wonka character. Like this is, he's even got the sort of the same sort of high, high end voice sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Um, uh, but it's, but, uh, look, I'll yeah. be honest. I fell asleep, um, but I fell asleep and we stopped it and continued it the following night. So I did watch pretty much all of it. It just, I don't know if it's because of my, long hatred of Johnny Depp or my hatred of arty films or the fact that I don't want to name any names here, but there was someone <laughs> mutually that we know that watched this film together and they thought it was an amazing film. 
And part of me was like, Matt? No. Um, oh, okay. Because <laughs> uh, Matt likes them, I'm pretty sure. And I thought, this, is, this film's stupid. And, and it's not because it's black and white. I don't care it's black and white. That's okay. Yeah. It's just very dry and doesn't... I was, I'm not into that genre either. And old-timey stuff, I, um, 40s and 50s, look, doesn't really push my buttons. Whereas, on the other hand, like for me, you give me a movie about old Hollywood, and I'm like, you already got me halfway there. You just need yeah. to finish me off. So, like, <laughs> it's just... <laughs> um, so, I was like, I was already sort of keyed into it, and like, I got general, I got genuine interest in the subject material, too, because like old horror as well is, is, is quite, quite a thing. So... Um, yeah, look, I, I still liked it and, um, yeah, I was, I think I was pleasantly surprised and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go watch more Tim Burton things. And then I was like, ah, oh, well, you know, can't win them all. Eb- ebbs and flows, I suppose. <laughs> you know what was great to find out about it? What? There was an uncredited extra in the film by the name of Lena Banks. Ah, little old Lena. She's everywhere. Insane. Um, so let's go on to Sonic. Uh, so um, I'll just tell you the movies that I, I, I watched. So I watched Quiz Show, Shawshank, and The River Wild, and Terminal Velocity. Did you watch any of those ones? Uh, only Quiz Show. Um, Terminal so Velocity did not sound like a good idea. Yeah. So this is um, this is a movie about um, Charlie Sheen plays a plays a guy called Ditch. Um, <laughs> he he is a uh, um, <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. He is a professional skydiver. He takes people out skydiving, and then he stumbles along like a sort of a uh, like a KGB mission assassination attempt with um, with this beautiful uh, woman, and then it just sort of goes from there. The best part of this whole movie, like it's and like uh, I mentioned, his name's Ditch in the movie. <laughs> um, it's really really stupid, but. There's two two funny bits. Two things that are great about it. One is that he he runs a school for skydiving, and the first thing you do when what you see when we we cut to like the first time we see the skydiving school is one of the instructors is walking around, and she's got two broken legs and two broken arms, and I found it very funny. And I was like, not a great representation for your company. It was like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, this happened to me doing the thing you're about to do. Okay, all right, let's go sign you up. Surely, um, I'm sure it was an unrelated incident. Oh no no they 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 basically they basically say like she she yeah she her her shoot didn't open, um but the best thing about it is the the big bad guy of the film is a uh, quite young James Gandolfini and he Ooh. is pretty ter- he's per- ter- pretty terrifying in it, um has a very cool death where he gets sucked into like a uh, the wind generator blades you know those the wind farms oh yeah yeah um, yeah um yeah. yeah uh but yeah like a really like. Fast forward to that bit. It's on Disney. You can do it. You have to pay for it if you've already got Disney. Um, it's one of those ones where if you, if you fast forward through it, it'd probably be like a pretty good five minute sort of movie. <laughs> but I don't recommend actually watching it because it's um you'll go, this is stupid. I wish that you um, could watch things like slightly sped up. And quite the same as my uh, my thing of I can't watch Harrison Ford after regarding Henry because he sort of seems like a bit of a Henry. In these action films, you can't really take uh, Charlie, Sheen, Charlie Sheen seriously after watching Hot Shots one and two, and then seeing him in a movie where you're sort of supposed to like he, he does play like, play like a wisecracking action guy, but it's like, is this a joke? 
is that a joke? It's like, no, no, like it's not, a, it's not a parody film, but like, yeah, after that, it's just like, he's, he's just the parody guy now. Yeah, that's really how so many people get typecast because you're not believable in, in any other role. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, so, sorry, you watched Chris Show? Uh, Chris Show and Shawshank I watched not too long ago. I mean, it's, it's okay. ingrained in everyone, isn't it? Well, let me talk about the River Wild, and then we can go into the one that we both both watched. River Wild is actually a really good movie. If you ever get a chance to watch it, Meryl Streep, Kevin Bacon, David Strathairn, Tim from Jurassic Park—I don't know his fucking name—and um, <laughs> a very young John C. Riley. Uh, he plays. Um, oh man, he, he's, he's not aged. You're not aged a day. <laughs> like he's, he's, he's always he's like a little vampire, that dude. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so Meryl Streep um, and David Strathairn, their marriage is on the rocks and it's their son's birthday, Tim from Jurassic Park. She wants to take him uh, river rafting. Oh, that Tim, was like is, Tim she... is the little kid in Jurassic Park? Yeah, Tim, yeah the, Tim, the kid in Jurassic Park. The, oh, um, yeah, Timmy. Um, he's not too bad. Joseph um, Mazzello. There you go. Um, he the, So they go up to the... the it's, they're in Boston and they, they go to like... Um, uh, no, some river. Um and they're they're the, sort of the white river wild. After, the river wild yes that's what it's <laughs> they're on the river wild um but on, just before the and then david strathairn he's always working he's like one of those workers that always works and he's, he's missing his son's birthday again so the the mum goes off without him and then he at the last minute rocks up so and there's tension because they kind of hate each other they're on the, the brink of divorce and uh, timmy hates him because he, he always forgets his birthday um <laughs> just before they get onto the water they meet kevin bacon Kevin Bacon's uh, this very, very cool... Like, Kevin Bacon's just like... He's very sexy in this movie. Um, his hair his hair is very fluffy in this movie, even when wet. Um, and he's... Uh, the, the, the way that... Because um, the son um, bumps into him at, like, one of the general stores. And Kevin Bacon's wearing a Lollapalooza hat. Um, so they talk about Lollapalooza because I think... Cool. The studio's like, hey, <laughs> try and find some way to segue this into the movie. And then... Uh, Tim from Jurassic Park says, and I, this is what he says. Ah, oh, I would have loved to see Jane's addiction, Jane's addiction before they broke up. And I'm like, you don't listen to Jane's addiction. What are you talking about, little shit? <laughs> <laughs> um, like he's dinosaurs. like eleven or he's like eleven or twelve years old, and there's something like, and then like he's wearing a ministry hat at some point too. I'm like, is that your hat? What, what the fuck are you doing? What's what's going on here? A ministry and Jane's addiction owned by whoever made this movie. Um. And then the, you work out that basically Kevin Bacon and John C. Riley and this other dude have robbed uh, robbed a place, and they're trying to make the getaway not by road but by water, and then they're going to escape. And they there's three of them. They kill one of the dudes, so it's just John C. Riley and Kevin Bacon left. And then they kind of get stuck, so they have to team up with Meryl Streep and, their, and her family. And then it's just like a bit of a cat and mouse of when they're going to find out that these guys aren't good and then it's it actually it, look me and my wife watched it last night we were never bored um made lots of jokes about it which is like this is one of the, the my favorite things to do is watch stuff with my wife and then we can just like pay it out and it's it's fun <laughs> um, uh but yeah it's um i would definitely give this a go if you if you have a chance it's uh it's it's just a really good way to kill two hours um Directed by the guy that would be directing Ellie Confidential next year or next season. Um, yeah, give it a go. The River Wild. Uh, I'm, I don't know. This is one of those movies I saw the cover of for seven years and never had an inkling to watch. 
I stand by that. You're wrong. <laughs> uh, so let's go to Shawshank. Um, what can be said that hasn't already been said? Um, it's a brilliant film. Uh, I, I, okay, brilliant film. I frequently forget big swags of it. Like I forgot about the kid that comes in like about three quarters of the way in that like when you, he's the one that sort of lets uh, Tim Robbins know that he definitely like he knows who murdered his wife and it wasn't it wasn't Andy. Um, I completely forgot that bit. <laughs> That was in there. Um, but if you've never seen the movie, you should watch it. Um, sure. Basically, Andy Dufresne, played by Tim Robbins, um, is incarcerated into Shawshank Prison, um, run by... I'm going to... you know, And I was actually thinking, at the end uh, our last season, we should be doing a bunch of top 10 lists. One should be best villain, and I'm pretty sure this warden would be right up there. I can't remember the warden now. All I remember he's is a uh, bad dude. Robbins and Freeman, and the old man. Yeah, so that the Warden Brooks. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, the the Warden in this movie is a bad dude. Like, not only is like he just like a really really like mean and like vindictive Warden, he also then finds a way of like ripping off the local community and then getting like um, Andy Dufresne to like cook the books for him basically. And then when Andy sort of says to him like, "Oh, I'm not gonna do it anymore," he like he you know, essentially gets one of his friends killed, um, you know, uh, gets, puts him in the hole for like two months. And it's just, it's, it's just crazy. Like how, how evil this guy is. Um, but yeah, um, he meets in when, when Andrew friends, um, in the Shawshank, he, um, meets up with, uh, red, which is played by Morgan Freeman. And he narrates the film as well. And, oh man, it was the first, it was the first movie that Morgan Freeman ever narrated. And wow. from then onwards, he, like, well, then next year we've got seven. He narrates parts of that. Like, it's just this this thing that's become a big thing for him. Like, he's... That's that's quite amazing that no one had done that before. I did not realize that was the first time he did it. I will say that this is the only thing that sort of affects this movie for me. And, like, it's, it's completely me. Um, I do kind of like the family guy. <laughs> parody of this and it's hard not to think of some of the jokes yeah <laughs> sometimes during this and i'm like i know that I'm like i'm not i'm not like a big family guy fan anymore but like some of the jokes that come out i'm like um like when you said you're being obtuse <laughs> and stuff like that um but yeah this is a great movie if you've never seen it seriously like, i'm not gonna hang on this for too long because like it's it's like i mean it is it is the number one film on imdb um not that it says much anymore but um is it really it's it is. It's. It's always maintained the spot of number one movie on um, IMDb. I think once it got knocked off by Dark Knight. Oh yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's. Um, it is. It's, it's definitely worth. It's yeah. It's amazing. If people haven't seen it, I'm shocked and appalled. I'm very curious for people who wouldn't like it. Like, I mean, it's long, and I I could see that some people might be bored by it. But if you're in the right frame of this mind thing, for this you film, can, you can easily watch this in in because it's kind of it's kind of chaptered. It's I don't know if that's a word. Like you can you can split this movie into about four parts, and like it could work as like a series sort of thing if you want to do it like in sort of like four half an hour, forty five minute blocks because it does go like he's in there for 20 years and like it really sort of um, you can take like, like there's, there's bits where you're like, oh, I can take a break now. And like you come back and, it's, and you just ease back into it like a nice Shawshank bath. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely um, give it a go. Let's talk about quiz show because this is my, uh, I loved this movie. Um, 
I haven't, I've, it's one of those ones I've always um, wanted to. I think I tried to watch it once before. I just wasn't in the, the right frame of mind. Um, have you ever seen this movie before? I have. I don't know when. I feel like I was quite young. And it's one of those films you watch when you're not too young to watch it, but on the cusp of being too young to really appreciate it. But then you appreciate yeah. it more because you're like, oh, I'm mature for watching this. This is a smart film and I'm smart now. I've got to tell people that. I was like, yeah, I just watched Chris show the other night, you know. Watched it in one sitting, uh, two hours and seven minutes. Yep. Don't ask me any follow-up questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. If you don't know, it's about it's a true story about how um, there's a show back in um, the 1950s in America called Twenty One, um, where they would ask questions and uh, you'd win prize money um, if you answer all 21 questions um, correctly. Basically, they found, they had this they had this um, guy John Turturro who plays a character. He was a very smart guy, um, but he wasn't really well liked. He wasn't sexy enough for the network, and then they find this. Um, this professor, who's the who's a son of a of a famous writer, played by um, uh, uh, Ralph Fiennes, and he's very charming and very handsome. And they're like, "Look, they go to John Turturro and say, hey, we want you to throw it. We want this guy. We don't want you anymore.' Um, and they also give the answers to this new guy. And like, I'm not, I know even listening to myself now, I'm like, this doesn't sound like a very interesting movie. It does it really well. It's really, really sort of captivating. Yeah, and to not, I mean, I am gonna spoil it because. If if you haven't seen it and you want to, then skip ahead. But if you just want to know, the way they twist it so well, I completely forgot. So they paint mm. John Turturro as this genius. Yeah. But everyone's sick of you being a genius. And you fully fall into believing that, oh, yeah, he's smart. This guy's dumb. They're going to give him the answers. And then when it comes back yeah. around later and you find out that he'd been getting the answers... Yeah, John Stewart got the answers too. Yeah, everyone gets the answers. You, you, I didn't see that coming. It's such like a yeah. subtle, clever twist. I mean, it's if you know the true story, you would have known as well. Um, so I guess it's not a twist, but without knowing the full details of it, it's like, oh, fuck, that's, this is great. And the, the only thing I've sort of had with it is that it's it's a quiet, and, and this is the, also the point of the movie, I think. It's a very unsatisfying ending because basically what they're saying at the end is that um, the two guys um, that are running the show played really, really well by David Paymer and Hank Azaria. They're the producers of the show. They're basically like they they go in front of like this this um, the House Select Committee and said, "Look, yeah, we cheated. Um, we would probably do it again, and everyone's going to do it, and all game shows do it because we're not in we're we're in the entertainment business. Like this is what you want. People don't." tune in to see people answer questions correctly. They tune in just to, to imagine how much money these people are winning. And there's no, and I like, imagine there's no real laws against it. Like they, no, they basically say, and Hank, Hank Azaria says at the end, he's like, we like, what, what do you, what did you expect? Like, what, what do you think is like, this is, this is the entertainment industry. We're, we're, we're here to entertain. There is one very awful. I really love the investigator. Um, Rob Moreau, your friend from Northern Exposure. Yeah, he's yeah. he's the best. I love this guy. But at the end, he's like, "I thought we we're gonna catch television. Television got us." Oh man, what? he's so Boston. The this. fuck <laughs> yeah. is that line? He wanted, yeah, like that. He wanted that to put TV in jail. Yeah, he that bit should have been cut out because, like, it was just you could tell by the look in his face. Look, I know I always bring this up. I don't know if I brought it on this podcast, but like I brought it up before. It's like the whole. 
uh, end of um, Dark Knight Rises. You didn't need to show um, Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle in, in Rome and Alfred looking at him and smiling. All you had to sh- Michael Caine's Michael such a good actor. All you needed to do was just show his face and you knew what he was looking at. In this movie, you didn't need to have this dude say these lines. All you could like his expression on his face was enough to like know that he's like genuinely upset with how everything's yeah, gone. Like he's storming out of there fed up. You know that he's upset yeah. with what's going on. You can see it. He doesn't need uh, it. And you know, Robert Redford actually, you know, he directed this. I would have thought he had more faith in the audience that like, you know, that this performance of this guy is like gonna convey the message, but he's like, you know what, fuck it, let's just let's just run the line. We've tried to get TV, but TV got us. I also and... forgot. I was almost disappointed. Um, so at the end, when Ralph Fiennes is apologizing, and I think it's two or three of them are like commending him for apologizing, and I thought, <laughs> is this is this real? Is this really going to happen? They're commending, and then one guy's like, uh, "Bullshit! Your apology. You did the wrong fucking thing. You're a piece of garbage." And the whole place erupts and applauds. Like, yes, that's right. Yeah, you, you suck. You think if you want to see like and like. It's kind of in the world we're living at the moment where a lot of young, rich, white guys get off um, of horrible crimes to watch like what you think's going to happen and then just have one guy like go, no, no, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> you. You play us all for chumps. And like this guy lost his like, you know, he lost his um, uh, job. He lost um, a, bu- a bunch of like his... He, he um, never even he, he, taught again. He, like he was a teacher and that, yeah. was, that was the end of that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, man, if you've never seen Quiz Show, and, like, it's on Disney as well, um, definitely give it a go. It's, uh, look, spoil, no spoil. It's my pick for movie of the month. Um, this, um, and some more little spoilers for it. Uh, I was briefly disappointed. There was just uh, typical 90s blockbuster great film. It's just male cast, top to bottom. Oh, yeah. And, like, yeah. it's great. It's well done. But, like, it's white men start to finish. There's some Jewish it's representation. White. Yeah. Okay, but um, outside of Mira Savino, Mira Savino plays his wife though, and she's awesome because she basically like calls calls bullshit on on um her husband, who's like because he gets quite chummy with Ralph um, Fine's character. Is that like, weird when as he's well? Him. Like you're what? investigating this guy, and you're just gonna start hanging out with him everywhere he goes and become friends. And it's kind of weird because like sometimes you really think he's trying to like investigate him and actually like bust him down and then some days some days he's like you know he'll go on go on his yacht with him and like it's it's fine so like when he is bringing everyone before this committee he tells his wife like oh i'm gonna bring everyone but i'm not gonna bring um uh the guy uh his name is um charles van doren is the is is ralph fine's character he's like i'm not gonna i'm gonna i'm not gonna bring charles before the committee and she's like why not like he's he's a bad guy yeah and like you're you're getting, letting your friendship in the way. Do you think, she, hang on, is there like a little subtext love affair going on here? Because I think there's, there's I, comments I think that, throughout think the film sh- about Charles Van Doren and women and there's never... He's never seen with any women. No. Yeah. And he's not, he's not, um, and he, he keeps, they keep saying like, oh, we're trying to set you up with this and he's like, oh, she was a bit too... Yeah, I think there is a, there's a, there's an underlying... Um, I mean, I think there's an underlying um, romance between Red and Andy Dufresne in Shawshank Redemption, and like, you can be you can be a dick and think that's funny, or you can actually sort of think about it and go, why can't two men be in love with each other when they're spending twenty years together? And it's like yeah. it doesn't mean that they're fucking each other. Like it's there's there's romance between men all the time. Like there's romance between us. It's one. Yeah. But like 
it's like it's not and you don't have to like call it a bromance it's okay yeah <laughs> um and in this one it's like i think i mean in this one i think there is also a sexual under, underlying sexual thing i think um uh, maybe on on maybe not on both sides but maybe definitely on um ralph, no, I reckon ralph finds it, is definitely not he's nervous because he's lying and he's worried about getting getting caught out but he's also like there's a tension there and like he is excited and nervous and but there's these times where Rob Morrow, like, where he's looking at him and it's like, it's not, he's in awe of him, but not in a way of, like, he's so clever. I think he's like, oh, I don't know what I'm feeling for this dude. Yeah. Like, I think, I think there's, there's something going on there. So, yeah. And, like, um, so, yeah, I mean, well, you know, watch the film and, and let us know, but... I mean, yeah, and, and go have yourself a romance with a dude. It's great. And uh, keep an eye out for some other fun little cameos from uh, Calista Flockhart and Ethan Hawke. Where's Ethan Hawke in this? Uh, towards the very, very end. I think it's when his dad's uh, teaching a class and he's one of the students right. that walks out. I think it's supposed to be a dead poet society homage thing, mm, but okay. yeah, I can't yeah. find anything on it. But he's he is 100% right there. Mm. Well, Timothy Buzzfield's in this too, and he's in everything. <laughs> he should be off playing baseball. What's he doing in this? He should be off trying to murder Kevin Costner's daughter. <laughs> um, all right, so let's move on to TV. It's pilot month. Oh, suck it you to want me. A car. You want a car? Um, <laughs> firstly, um, I thought I did. I thought I put a little bit. I thought I Oprahified my. Uh, my, my words there. Um, first of all, let's just get the garbage out of the way. The NRL football show, because <laughs> um, you know the, earlier this year we we uh, mentioned that the AFL football show um, aired, and then the NRL not to be you know put off. They're like, oh. and it's weird because they aired it, and then the season was over. Isn't the season pretty much the same as the football season? Like the AFL football season? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So maybe maybe they did it for the finals and then just kept it going the next year. Um, I will say that sometimes when I was uh, late at night and I only had like five channels to, to to go between, I will say that like the skits that they did on the NRL football show were often way funnier than the AFL ones. So I'll, I'll give it that. But like that's also like not a very high standard. <laughs> um, no. So let's go on to um. I'm gonna just go through a few of them. Um, there was a thing called the head. Um, I, I'll put this up on the Instagram. People um, will instantly know it once I show the picture. It was an MTV cartoon where this guy has a humongous head. It's kind of like a sci-fi. It was. I think you might have even been um, shown on um. Uh, what's that? Uh, the SBS show on Saturday nights that used to show Eon Flux and that sort of stuff. All I can think of is um, Eat Carpet. Eat Carpet, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was on Eat Carpet. It was, it was like Liquid Television, I think, was another one. Um, All I can think of yeah, is was... Art Attack when he had that head that was talked to him. <laughs> um, I was going to send you a, a picture through, but yeah, it's 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 an MTV cartoon. Like I, I just remember it, uh, it being on um, the Comedy Channel quite a lot from like, in the early days. Um, Wild Oats is a pretty horrible sitcom, but I must mention it because it starred a young upcoming actor named Paul Rudd. Ooh. Um, one of his first ever roles. And he was, you know what? And I know like this is a well-worn joke, but like it's pretty much the same performance he put into a, a, a role these days. Like he has always just been a consummate performer. Like he's like, you know, and like maybe maybe like some people could see that as like as a, as a fault as well, but like you know what you're getting with Paul Rudd, and it's it's usually good quality. So you know what though, um, I, look, I'm a I'm a big Paul Rudd fan. I love him. I think he's great. Is he the same in every single thing he's ever done? 
Hey, you know how there's that um well yeah to that to that point you know have you ever seen the Conan interview where they show the Ant-Man figurine it's got his he's got his, the smile yeah he does that smile in the, in this in this in this 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 show that he's got that smile where like half his face is like sort of pushed up against one side um he's yeah he's he's Paul Rudd in this like it's not there's yeah. not much difference between this and older roles yeah, I think uh, I think there is only one Paul Rudd in Friends. He like he's a little bit meaner and sassier and drier. Mm. But but then again, like you know, that's like you know, you could say that's like kind of his Anchorman role too. So like he's um oh yeah okay that's, that's the, a bit different. By the way, um we got told that this is a weird segue. Um, we got told that like my my local doctor's office like closed and they said we're gonna move every, everyone to like this this new one up by a, a big shopping center it's called the paragon and every time i can think what's he what does he call his dick in anchorman's or the octagon yeah <laughs> every time i thought we drove past the day it's called the paragon and i'm just like oh like if you get if you're lucky you can meet the whole gang <laughs> <laughs> I was like, i'm not gonna go i'm gonna go pull with dick to go to the doctor yeah, um uh, so I'm gonna just a couple of um, uh, animated shows. You got the Magic School Bus, which I was a huge fan of, and they still show in schools. Uh, but the cool teachers do anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, if you forget, I think they did a remake of it um, or a reboot of it for Netflix a couple of years ago, and my son was all over it. It's, it's a really good show. Like I don't give a shit. It's great. They did a um, uh, animated Beethoven series uh, that was pretty much as you would expect it. It's just. The one, the one I watched a part of was when they make Beethoven go on a diet. So, very nineties there. Mm. <laughs> Send him to fat. Do you remember that thing? Do you know that thing? Um, oh, I remember that thing in the nineties in America. Like, if you're on a diet, you'd eat um, cottage cheese. Was the big one. No so, stuff with cottage cheese. On. Yeah, stuff like they'd be like, "Oh, put a put a cottage cheese on a bagel. I'm on a diet." I'm like, that's really fattening. <laughs> I don't know what that oh, means. but it's less fattening than having cheese and bacon and more cheese and chicken I on a bagel. Bows, yeah. Um, oh man, I love a bagel. Uh, the Tick um, uh, first aired, like the animated series. Um, big fan of that uh, back in the day. We had Party of Five. Yeah. Oh man, um, I was not. I mean, I, my sister watched it quite a lot. Uh, I was not a huge um, fan of it, but. Um, were you a party of five household? I think we, not excessively, but I know it did get watched. Um, and I know I was a fan because Neve Campbell was in it. Um, and then as I got yeah. older, Jennifer Love Hewitt was in it. Yeah. This is Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> it's the gigolo answer. <laughs> Oh, I fucking love that song. I uh, don't even care. Um, What's that from? That's the thing, like... What? That's Party of Five. Was it? That's the Party of Five thing. I don't remember yeah. that. It was by the Bodines. Of course it was. Uh, the, uh, I don't know, like a, a break-off of the Gigolo Ants. Yeah, we mentioned the Gigolo Ants quite a lot here, and you know what? Uh, I don't care. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to find... I wanna, there should be more Gigolo Ants in the world. Um, it's all the same. We all... Hey. Uh, we also had ER. Oh man, I watched. I think I mentioned on here um, a few a couple of seasons ago that I watched some ER, 
is pretty heavy. Could it be one of the greatest shows ever made? It is, but like I found. Hang on, here's the. Yes, it's gonna get lighthearted in a sec. This, this is Top Gun. Uh, this Anthony is Green. this is Mario. This is yeah. this is everything, eighties and nineties that you want it to be. George Clooney, Donkey Kong, and then, and then it gets it gets lighter. Hang on, a little bit X Files. Yeah. yeah. This is definitely That's a what Donkey I always, Kong level. I always that is one hundred percent a Donkey Kong level. Well, I always thought that these um, they kind of sound like sirens, those little like high bits. You know, like, I always thought. That no, that sounds little... like an armadillo is about to hit Diddy Kong, um, and you've just <laughs> lost a balloon. Um, yeah, like I watched it, and I just I found it very um, it's very full on, like it's very. Uh, <laughs> they'll get through one thing, and then just another thing. And I know, I know that's supposed to, that's what happens in the ER, but I also don't do well with medical drama like i'm a pretty huge hypochondriac so i'm just like i'll watch the thing of um of vr i'm like let me check myself for that and that and <laughs> <laughs> um there was i remember there was one episode that i watched uh where um uh anthony edwards dr green was treating a kid who um freaked out after smoking weed <laughs> but he didn't want his, but he didn't want his mum and dad to know and i remember like I just smoked weed recently for the first time and I'm like, all right, don't ever seem like that. <laughs> don't ever seem like that. And I'm like, oh my God, what if I do it again? I have to, and I wind up in here. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, you know, don't, don't smoke weed. I'm like, yeah. So, um, you know, it, it helped me. <laughs> it helped me in life as well. Chicago Hope. Uh, I don't remember a lot of, I remember Adam Arkins in it. Um, this is the theme. I don't. I watched bits of it here and there. Obviously, as a child, I didn't get a lot of say as what was on TV, but it was still good. But it was the boring version of ER. Yeah, it's like it's just like ER. It's like oh no no no. This is this is after the ER. This is when they come into the hospital bit. It's like this is boring. Yeah, we're we're the 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 post op kind of stuff. It's it's not we're elective. <laughs> and this is like you know this is sort of proto Grey's Anatomy type sort of thing. I, I Sorry, I hate when people say proto. This is like the the beforehand of Grey's Anatomy. I don't know, it's, it irks me. Does that irk you when people say it's, it's proto this and proto that? Yeah, kind of. It's like comparing... Like, if if someone says to me, oh, you look like someone who's 12 years old, but like, well, I was here first. They look like me. That That's yeah, what it makes me think yeah. of. Yeah. I don't know, it's still one of those buzzwords. It's like, oh, it's proto this. Like, especially when you're playing in bands, it's like, oh, yeah, they're all like uh, proto um, minor threat. And it's like, don't, what? Um, yeah. Pro- so <laughs> let's keep going. Um, Everyone's proto helmet. Proto helmet, yeah. Uh, touched by an angel. <laughs> um, all jokes aside, you sickos. Um, I don't know. Is it, was, it, it was a very, I don't know. I, oh, we never watched it. It seemed like a very. There's a lot of godly sort of shows. Like even even my beloved Pick Offenses has got like a very bent, like you know, Catholic sort of Presbyterian sort of bent to it. Like they all go to church. They're all very. Um, oh, by the way, Pick Offenses the whitest show on TV. Um, <laughs> there's a bit where like they they pull over a guy in the car and like the 
the um the secretary of the station says like, "Oh, they picked up a black man." No. <laughs> and everyone's just like, "Oh, uh-oh. What <laughs> do we like, do?" Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um uh we've, we've also got um look, I'll go to we got two more to, to to talk about. One was Due South for me. Now, Due South for me is a very very important show. I watch this show every single week. I loved it. It's about a Mountie um, played by Paul Gross that comes down to Chicago to, on the, to, to find his father's killer. And why, when he gets down there, he basically gets stationed there and then he helps out the local police, um, policeman Ray Vecchio on, on all sorts of um, you know uh, crime in, in Chicago. The biggest thing is that he's very polite He's very Canadian. He makes sure he like he holds the door open for people. He's he's very straight laced. And then you got this Ray Vecchio, like the the Chicago cop, and he's like you know he's a slob and you know doesn't play by the rules and stuff like that. It's very very you know stock standard, but I love it. I've just it's, I love it so much. I only have uh, brief memories of this. I remember it being fun and kooky, but I I don't think I watched it's a got, lot of it. Yeah, this is the uh, theme. I feel like it wasn't a show for everyone. Oh, look, definitely not. Like I, I, but I've. This is saying, you know, I'm not apologizing because people know how sad I am. Like I, I, I can ease back into that. Like that's like my happy place. Like I've got first two seasons on, um, on DVD, and like I'll chuck it in from time to time. And it's it's more of like as much as like I didn't want this podcast to be like a nostalgia trip like sometimes personally like I like to take a nostalgia trip and it's like you know just sort of feel feel warm and cuddly and I was like that's my show that that and Star Wars and, and stuff like that is, is sort of my, my happy place so uh, am I right in thinking it's you know so there's a show about to come up um, which I feel like is middle of the road like it's made for as many people as possible Juice South Strikes Me is the kind of show that's they're kind of directing it at certain people and ages and I interests. I think it's, I mean, it would definitely be sort of liked by the older generation. It's, it's very, like, it's not, none of it's, like, offensive. Like, it's all very plain, very safe and, like, but it's also got some really fun, it's, I, I think it's really funny, but, like, you know, if I'd never watched it back in the day, I, maybe I wouldn't like it now, but it's like, yeah, like, and that's the sort of stuff, like, I, I like old TV, like, I mean, I just, I found, <laughs> I was in the op shop yesterday and I found Murder, She Wrote, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, like, that sort of stuff, like, those sort of old tropey TV shows where, like, you know what's going to happen, like, it's, that's, to me, is, is fun, I love that, like, I don't, this is why I've watched that and I don't watch Breaking Bad, like, I don't really, in that, in that time that I watch those TV shows, I don't really want to be challenged that way, I just want to be, like, I just want to have fun. I think sometimes these days people spend too much time on like challenging the viewer and like, you know, showing fucked up stuff. And it's like, why can't it just be like a nice cozy blanket as well? So. Give me a doctor and his son policeman solving crimes together. <laughs> Give me um, two guys just like leaping through different parts of the history and, you know, having have shenanigans. With a puppet? Love it. What? No, nah, quantum leap. Oh. Uh, so let's talk about friends because look, we were going to make a, uh, we were thinking about doing an episode on it. We were thinking about doing a a regular bit on it, but like, I don't know. I've, I did watch a few in the last, 
um, couple of weeks just to sort of because uh, this is my you know not I shouldn't take anything away from you. This is, this is kind of your thing, but like I I still can't get into it. Is there something wrong with me? Uh, yes, basically. <laughs> no, I don't think there is. It's it is one of those shows. It's to me, I think it's the kind of show that is made to cover as many people as possible. Obviously, looking back at it now, I didn't watch these two. Um, the one where Monica gets a roommate and the one with the sonogram at the end. I hadn't watched them yeah. yet. I'm still campaigning that we do a Friends episode. Um, okay. What that'll look like, I don't know. We'll find that out. Um, but I haven't watched it's them the, in a long time. and I, It's definitely a phenomenon that I... Oh, fucking no, I can never say that word. It's definitely like a, a phenomenon of the 90s that does deserve its own episode because... I think maybe what we should do is like watch a, watch a bunch from each series or maybe do like find the best of, of each series and sort of have a look, I don't know, and then sort of just go through it as, as, as a whole rather than season by season. But because I feel like it was like I definitely Friends to me was the show that I watched that when I got home from work at the video store back in like early 2000s, they used to, I used to get right at the start of, they used to show five Friends episodes in a row um, from like, 10.30 at night till 12.30. And that's when I'd be eating my really horrible dinner and <laughs> drinking iced coffee like way too late. And it's like, oh, I'm just going to watch this. And I saw a lot of Friends episodes in that time because like it was just something that was like easy to watch after working um, a shift of work. Yeah. So I have watched quite a few of them. Like I do like, um, there's certain episodes that I, I do remember. I do like the one where I think Chandler's stuck in the ATM. Uh, oh yeah. With, with the model. Yep. Yeah. Um, I Ross is sort of like I've said before, like he's he, Ross would be an incel now. <laughs> um, he just seems he seems he's like he's got a lot of unchecked rage, and I think that um, I think it's all an act. I think like he actually hates women, and I think he's he's like he's a he's a monster. I'm I'm very curious. I really want to watch it with a modern eye because yeah, you know, ninety ninety one ninety two. I was all over how horrible people were in film and TV. Yeah. And I've heard that Friends is very much uh, a showcase for that. And I know Joey's chauvinistic and he's gross. Um, Ross has mental health issues. There's there's a lot of issues going on in that show, and I really want to go back and delve into it. But I also want to find out if I still love it or not. Yeah, because this, this, like, the amount of stuff this used to spawn, like, you know, the whole smelly cat thing, which is like... You watch that these days; it's fucking annoying. Like that, that whole thing is just annoying. Yeah. Like you don't anything Phoebe related what... is annoying. Phoebe was the worst one. I'm but, sorry, but but the thing is, like, you wonder like what like in the nineties, it really was the birth of that. Let's latch on to everything. I always go back to that because um, just because like it was it was stupid. It's like when that you know like McBeal and the stupid big baby. Yeah, was in there. like that. That was a thing that sort of was um with the Uga Chaka Uga Chaka like. It was just these things of like one news network would sort of pick up on it. It's like, oh, and a lot of people talk about this, so let's talk about it even more. And it's just like, why are we talking about this? Um, and Smelly Cat was one of those things. Like the friends, you know, when Monica and Chandler got together, that was one of those things. It was just, this became news. This became part of a, a news segment of like, oh, you know, and last night on Friends, this happened. And it's like, it's insane. Well, it all comes back to we, what we mentioned in our last episode with Bucka Bucka and Wizzle Wuzzle. Yeah, I didn't do it. Yeah, it's just like the I didn't do it. Yeah, it's just it 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 was very much um, showing us like what we're becoming, and it's like um, that. And that I I think 
in a way, stuff like Smelly Cat and stuff like that made way for songs like The Macarena and songs like um, Who Let the Dogs Out and lots of stuff. It's like all people really need is just a funny, but like, you know, a somewhat funny lyric and just a good beat. (laughs) And like, you know, something that people will like, will get sort of into. And it's like, you know, that's, and then suddenly we have Crazy Fog. That's right. I'm blaming, I'm blaming Phoebe for Crazy Fog. (laughs) Do it. I hate you, Phoebe. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that's all the, that was all, like there was, there was a few more, um, but like those were the, those were the ones of note that came out in the, in the, in September, 1994, Um, do South being the best by far. Um, (laughs) uh, So without further ado, Let's get onto for the first time with Hang 'em High, Jack McCoy, the Law and Order Minute. Ooh. Oh yes. <laughs> you, you sounded like the uh, the Churchill dog. Yes, then. yes. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, so. If you don't know what the Law and Order Minute is, it is a time where I... That's what it is. <laughs> uh, so I get to recount uh, the um, all the episodes of Law and Order that happened in September 1994. Uh, uh, and I'll try to do it within one minute. And then Ben <laughs> then does that. I'm ready. It's been a long I'm time. Me in. Are you ready? Am I ready? Yes. Yes. Okay. Three, two... One, do it. Jack McCoy is in the house. Don't waste it. Come on. Yes, that's, uh, so in this first episode, we have... Um, it's actually a really bad first episode. We've, we found... We, we have a, a lady being rushed into emergency. And then um, when she is... Uh, when she is cut open, um, a gas seems to emerge from her and um, poison... And then and makes someone um, pass out. It was based on the... Um, the thing they covered in Unsolved with the the lady who had gas coming out of her and like they call her the the poison lady. I don't know. I'll talk about that later. Um, it turns out that that she actually died um, of uh, natural causes, but the doctor that was treating her was um, considered a quack. Um, Jack McCoy comes in and wants to basically put everyone in jail as he as, as he is wont to do, and it's amazing. Uh, next episode is called uh, Coma, and we have Larry Miller, uh, the dad from Ten Things I Had About You. He plays a comedian that everyone suspects has murdered his wife. Um, he uh, somehow um, gets uh, gets away with it, and then for the first time, you see Jack McCoy being very troubled by. That, that's that, it. that's time. Worth it. Oh, I was so excited that whole time. I was literally dancing in my chair over here, waiting to air horn. I've missed I it so I much. <laughs> um. The, do you remember in um, BuzzFeed Unsolved when they talked about the lady who they went, she went to hospital and she when she then they cut her open like oh, fumes yeah. came out of her and like people would like say so, yeah like the same thing happened in the episode but like uh, they reckon it was just more mass, mass hysteria from from hearing about that case rather than actually being in there so yeah yeah um, so we Sp- we also have of, a, speaking of Shane and Ryan did you see the uh, Ghost Files snippet. I did. Yeah. It looked very, very cool. What happened to Ryan's hair? <laughs> I know. Why is it all wet? <laughs> and they're going to do um, post-mortem too. So. Oh, yeah. Good. 
so we've got uh, we also got another long running sentence segment where uh, Ben goes through all the guests of Conan O'Brien within the, the month of September 1994 uh, he does this to the tune of my lord and saviour William Joel mm, thank you uh, should be everyone's saviour as nope. well but you know we're, we're not picky um, by the way uh, one of our esteemed listeners still uh, is making the trek over to see Mr. Joel play over in Melbourne for his confusing one night only in Australia <laughs> concert that he's doing. I mean, um, it makes sense. You can get like 80,000 people in there. Not that he will, but you can get a lot of people in there. That's going to pay for your he flights. Will. He will. He already has. Oh. Um, it's the first time I've ever seen the interview too that he's like, yeah, I don't know why I'm only playing one show. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I want to pay more, but they won't let me, I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, so you've, are you ready? Are you good and ready to, uh, to give me all the guests? Because we're huge Conan O'Brien fans here at Living the Past. So, I, uh, I am mostly ready, but a disclaimer, this goes over season one, and they call it seasons, but is it seasons when you're a late night show and you just keep on going? So it's technically over season one and two, so I have to go from tab to tab here. So... <laughs> Oh, you poor man. If my finger slips, um, you will hear a panic. Okay. All right. So, do you want to give me a bit of a tune first, so I remember how it goes? <laughs> no, that, don't do it. It just throws me off. You're terrible at it. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to listen to it properly, and actually do it how the song goes, because I always get to the chorus way sooner than he gets to the chorus. But yeah, I know. sue me. All right, so I'm going to count you in. Three, two, one, go. Paul Savino, Jeff Gullen, Hannah Storm, Giacala, Esposito, Monto Williams, the Jansons, Fran, Drescher, Susan Summers, Judith Light, Arrow Rocker, Dweezil, Anna, Met, Zach, fucking hell, they're on it. Anchor, sorry, uh, Anchor Radikovich, Harlan Williams, Meg, Tilly, Jettery, Judd, Hell, Martin Sheen, Yasmin, Bleep, and Dennis Rodman, E, 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 Plum. Don Feller, Jackie Collins, Charlie Sheen, Melissa Gilbert, Kenny Rogers, Gloria Rubin, Mary Tyler Moore, Jay Moore, David Brenner, Kelly Martin, Kevin Nealon, Leonard Melton, Kermit the Frog, Brian Austin Green, and Tiffany Amphitheason, Alison Stewart, Gordon Elliott, and Jolie Fisher, Stone Phillips, Tim Green, Janine Garofalo, and Anthony Edwards, Brian Dennehy. Oh, no! You... Oh. Wow. That's my, that's my buzzer. Wow, you finally got to do it. <laughs> you... I was like... Oh, man. Yeah. You know, I almost said at one point, maybe I'll do the musical guest, because it doesn't seem like there's a lot. Um... But I got. Was that tab? It was a tab. It was a tab, and I got really thrown off by uh, the Zappa brothers being on there again <laughs> because they're on there a lot. <laughs> he wanted to get them, get it in just before he died. Ah, that's so. That's insane. Um, so give us some musical guests, and then we go on to our own musical album. Uh, uh, not not a lot. Uh, Mary and Faithful. Okay. Uh, Warren G. Yeah. Uh, our friends, Collective Soul. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's all they do. Um, yeah. The sub dudes. Whoa. And Desiree. 
Dollar, let your light shine. Uh, and Dick Dale, I guess, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who thought of that? Like, I want, you know what? I'm going to deep dive into that. When, when does that come out? Shine. Uh, sh- surely it's out now if they're on a TV show. <laughs> maybe the album's not out. Shine collective stuff. Because it was like, um, we want to put something in that little break part. Yeah. Okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just agreeing. Uh, no, yeah, let's do that. Ah, it came out in 1993. We probably already have talked about this. <laughs> hey, it's not just me that forgets what we've done. Yeah. Um, let's go to music. So in the area charts, it's I swear, and then uh, an awful uh, by awful one because it's always I swear by awful one. But then it's got kicked off, kicked off by some homespun. Yeah. That is confide in me by Carbonoke, and look. I'm not going to call myself a Carmen Oak fan. Hell, I got dressed down by one of our uh, listeners, Donnie, for calling Mariah Carey a queen the other day when he's like, when have you, t- you haven't listened to Mar- Mariah Carey enough to call her a queen? And I took that. I'm like, yes. You're not allowed. Yes, I, he's like, I, said, but I said, but I can recognize royalty. Nice. Confide in Me is a brilliant, brilliant song. It and is. Whether you like Carmen Oak or not, whether you think that it, she started and ended by um, Locomotion, she got better and she did songs like Confide in Me and it's amazing. So she so. I'm not gonna say she didn't get better because she did, but this is the only song on the album. Oh, we got some other stuff on there. No. No, we don't. <laughs> I listened to it twice. In the Billboard charts we had Stay by Lisa Loeb and I'll Make Love to You by Boys Men, which will be on there until mid December. Huh. <laughs> 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 yep. Um, I want to, you know what? I would have loved you to be your age, no, maybe in your 20s around that time where it was on the radio all the time and it just sends you insane. And you're like, you're getting your friends to, to sit around. The, no, no, listen, listen. You can hear like one, one faint. One. And just no one would care. And I would yeah. talk about it yeah, constantly yeah. like I am currently and no one can stop me. Yeah. <sighs> uh. I also want to do a behind the music on that little trumpet. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it after my um collective show collective show year. Huh? <laughs> we'll call it behind behind the parts of that song that are weird. <laughs> It'll be called behind the huh? <laughs> <laughs> behind the noise. Um, so big. So month. I'm not gonna go through all these again. Yeah, I'm not gonna go through all these again because there's cause quite a lot. Um, just ones of note. So we had um. Oh look, you know I'll, I'll go. I'll do the bands. So Brian, Brian Ferry, Sugar, Pet Shop Boys, Bad Religion, Blues Traveler, Guttermouth, Eric Clapton. Ugh. They mm. might be giants. Uh, Notorious B.I.G., Built to Spill, Sinead O'Connor, Pop will Eat Itself, Carmen Grantly Buffalo, Liz Fair, Radiohead, Massive Attack, Veruca Salt, Wing, Case Choice, The Muppets, R.E.M., Pop Fiction soundtrack, Soul Coughing, and Dave Matthews Band. Whew. Whoa. Um, tell me about this Radiohead thing. Was this a single that came out? I was confused. Yeah, it's like an EP. Yeah. So, okay. I, I, look, I was, I was, I was going to, I'm an R about putting it on, but, um, the, uh, my iron lungs are a really good song. It so, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it is more like, it's got a couple of live tracks on it as well. 
Uh, just going through, like, a lot of people give, um, like, I've never listened to a lot of Dave Matthews. I just know that he's, like, a running joke with a lot of people. Um, yeah. And, look, I'm not in a big, I'm not a big jam band type sort of person, but, I don't know, I found, like, his song's, like, not, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go on my way to listen to him again, but, like, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't really get the, get the joke, I don't know how bad he is, but, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's, he's got moments, he's got some good songs, they're okay. Didn't mind Soul Coughing. Weird, weird name for a band. Um, they had some... They, like Out of all the stuff I listen to, they're the ones I'm like, oh, I might listen to them more just to see what, what, what where they're at. Um, it's, it's, it's very, they're a very odd, odd, odd group. Um, I did not get that far down. I was kind of going from top to bottom and then just skipping as I saw fit. <laughs> well, R.E.M. Monster. Um, I'm sorry, but Lots of Frequency Counters is probably the best song on that it's, album. Like, it's a very it's the weird only song on that album. Out. Yeah, it's a very weird album, and I think it was it was actually made as like more of a uh, I don't know, like I think they sort of went out of their ways to be a bit noisier in this album because there's there's a, there's a there's a bit more distortion, there's a bit more um, like loops and 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 lots of stuff. It's 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 a bit experimental, um, especially coming off um, uh, Automatic for the People. I think this was definitely like a bit of a response to people of like, oh, you like that, huh? Well, here's this. In their defence. Um, what do you do after Automatic for the People? It's almost a perfect album. Oh, yeah. Like, just quit. Yeah. The other choice. Um, we've got... Uh, I didn't mind some of the Ween songs, but I still... I still can't no, I'm not talking about Ween. <laughs> Go away. Um, I have to uh, give props to the Pulp Fiction soundtrack because that got me through many shifts. Um, I, I might have mentioned a couple of um, episodes that back in... The movie land days, it was a big strict policy that you couldn't play just any CD. You had to play soundtracks in the store. And Pulp Fiction was one of the ones that I was allowed to play. This and Reservoir Dogs and a few other ones. Um, did it have, and I loved did it the Did it have soundtrack. the um, like movie snippets in it, like some of them do? I had to. I couldn't do the first track because if you play Mizzaloo, um, which is the opening track of Pulp Fiction, um, it does have <laughs> uh, Bunny. Yeah. And, um, is it Bunny? Yeah. Honey Bunny, yeah, it has her saying, any move, pricks move, I'm going to execute every motherfucking last one of you. Um, but yeah, this uh, this soundtrack's great. I mean, we'll get more into it next month when we talk about pop fiction, but yeah, um, I've always got a lot of time for this one. Maybe. <laughs> um, Did you, you uh, obviously enjoyed some Bad Religion, I'm guessing? Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that one in a little bit. Tell me what you, you, you liked, because I'm, I'm interested. I was, I was trying to pick the ones that you would get into. I, I tried out Bad Religion. Um, I listened to all of If I Were a Carpenter, the uh, Carpenter Tribute album. Mm. That was that. that was really all right. Yeah, there was a lot of bands on there. I was like, Paul's going to like this. <laughs> um, it was, I, I didn't realize what I was listening to until the Sonic Youth song came on. I was like, oh, hang yeah. on. This isn't Sonic Youth. Hang on. I know this song. What am I listening to? <laughs> <laughs> and it all clicked. Yeah, their, their song on there is actually really good. Yeah, so, yeah, I was surprised that they did something good. Um, Grantly <laughs> Buffalo uh, is one of those people I don't know if I'm supposed to like or not, but he had some hits. 92, yeah. I think he had a good album. I think these this album is actually his big one. Yeah, um, yeah. it's actually pretty decent. Uh, Liz Fair. Yeah, I liked it. It's pretty good. <sighs> Uh, massive attack. Supernova. Yeah, 
Sorry, I got I got to put Superman over on. You keep keep going. Uh, massive attack uh, protection was was okay. I expected more. I don't like when the guy sings. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, this is the nineties now, now. This is just the nineties. Um, that that film clip with um. Liz Fairfield Supernova made me fall in love with her. Like I was, were you not besotted. already? Well, I, I this was my first. Um, like I really liked um, Exit to Guyville like last season, but I like, I hadn't really heard that apart, uh, until like you know when I was researching it for this podcast. My first uh, exposure to Liz Fair was was definitely Supernova, and that I'm just like, <laughs> I was just like. This she is amazing. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, definitely um, uh, nostalgic for that. Um, and the but, the last uh, big one would have been uh, Veruca Salt. Now this one, um, I saw them play uh, when they came came over um, a few years ago, uh, and they played a lot of songs off of this one. They played um, uh, Spider Man and Oh How Me, and they still they still fucking got it. Yeah. Uh, Why was very that? odd yeah. show. Um, me and me and our friend that I was with, uh, we wanted to get to the front, and it was a weird. I don't know whether you've seen many bands that were big in the '90s and early 2000s, but then sort of are, are coming back for tours um, in the last few years. Like, have you seen many like that? Like, not like like not like someone like Pelgrim or Foo Fighters who are consistently still doing stuff, but like. Bands that are basically doing like reunion tours and stuff like that. Have you been to the, any of that? Do the Pixies count? Um, no, they don't count. Um, <laughs> so, in this instance, because they were like a bit of a, they were like you know, Triple J famous, and you know, they were, they were kind of alternative. Um, you had a lot of sort of aging hipsters and a lot of stuff there, but they're also people who probably haven't been to many shows since Veruca Salt were big back in the day sort of thing. So yeah. like they're there and we're, we're walking fast and trying to get to the front. And we sort of, a couple of times we like, um, didn't bump people, but sort of like move past them. And you'd think that they're just like, Oh, <laughs> come on. And I'm like, it's the show, dude. Like people are going to move past you. Like, you know, like what the fuck? <laughs> sorry. I, sorry. I nearly bumped your Riesling. <laughs> um, and it was just, it was just this weird thing. Um, and I'm not saying like, I'm like, I don't say like even back before sort of pre pandemic, I was like going to heaps and heaps of shows, but like I know gig etiquette and like these people did not know gig etiquette. Like whatsoever. It's just like, keep it down. <laughs> they're like Otto. <laughs> Hadn't left the um, house since 1998. And they're like, Ugh, yeah, gross. yeah. It was like, Oh God. Oh. Waiting um, for the DVD. <laughs> uh, so I'll just go through. Um, I, I really wanted to listen to Blues Traveler because again, like they were really big for a few years. Um, I don't know whether you saw much footage of Blues Traveler. No, Traveler. Um, leasing was very, very big on. Um, uh, uh, yes, uh, his harmonica, like very, very um, excellent harmonica player. But to the point that I was playing it in the car today with um, Mal and the boys, and they were like, they were not impressed with it because he goes really high. And she's like, oh, that guitar sounds awful. I'm like, it's a harmonica. And she's like, the harmonica sounds awful. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we skipped past that one a bit. Um, Sugar was pretty good. Um, obviously not as good as um, uh, the album from a couple of years ago. Um, but definitely um, I still got a lot of uh, love for Sugar. So that's file under easy listening. Um, uh, I did not listen to Eric Clapton because he is a penis. I tried to listen to um, Gather Mouth. It didn't last very long though. 
Gunmouth is not like I, I've never liked them. They were they were they were a band that toured Australia a lot, um, to the point that their guitarist actually fashioned a guitar out of like the VB symbol. Ugh. Um, they liked our beer so much. Um, I think they just like any full strength beer. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they were they were a band that toured a lot, and I'm like, ah, oh, you. I I, to, I I think I even went and saw. Um, less than Jake with them because I wanted to see less than Jake and they were the they were the support act and then I left <laughs> before Cut a Mouth went on stage and I'm like yeah I'm good just want to come for the support um, back when gigs were affordable to do that with yeah it's such an Adelaide <laughs> um, thing to do I know uh, Notorious B.I.G look Papa um, <laughs> I don't like I'm not a big fan of um, of him but like these songs are pretty good like they're, you understand why they're so popular um, Built to Spill quite good. I, I, I still can't get into them. They were, they're, they're, a lot of people love them. I just, I don't know. They're, they're a bit, they kind of remind me of um, Pavement. Oh, yeah. A bit. They'll have a hit, uh, but then the rest of it is like, what? Yeah. So, I don't know. I have to talk, um, so Bad Religion, Bad Religion Strange and Fiction, um, this was actually kind of my first exposure to Bad Religion um, via my brother's room. The um, This album is is definitely near and dear it's, it's my favorite album of theirs and it's probably not their, their strongest album but it's my favorite um as in 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 with my life this is the, the title track so that's strange and fiction by bad religion and look you know it's it's um Look, Bad Religion are a band that, like, you know, a lot of people, that I find a great divide with punk fans. Like, other people really love them or they fucking hate them. Yeah. Um, I believe your partner is one of them <laughs> who doesn't like them. Um, and look, I, I've always loved him. I've always loved his lyrics. Um, I love how sort of, um, you know, they're, they're like quasi-intellectuals. So like, you know, it's... It, they use a lot of big words, and like you, you, you kind of feel, <laughs> you kind of feel like you've, um, you know, like you've watched quiz show. You're like, oh, I listen to Bad Religion. I'm like, I listen to Intelligent Punk. Um, I, I did not was, know that they were supposed to be in that category. Yeah, yeah, like they, 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 they got a lot of. I mean, this album was was really big because I was already into Rancid, um, and Tim Armstrong from Rancid um, actually guest vocals on a song. It's got one of the biggest songs ever in um, in Infected on it. Um, it's just uh, a really decent, um, hard-hitting album. It doesn't let up for like, you know, a good, you know, how long it goes for 35 minutes. Um, so, yeah, definitely, I mean, to not to spoil anything, but this is my my, my album of the month. But just, just, I haven't picked a lot of punk ones, um, but we're really getting into like um, very much uh, building blocks of my musical and, and personal life. And um, this one is has always rung true for me. So, um, yeah, I love this album so much. So definitely my pick for album of the month. This is um, this is a very, very important album for me in my life. So, yes. Uh, what was your favorite album uh, and movie? My album's going to be Veruca Salt. Yep. It was, this was, uh, that would have been a hard second. Like, I think I, I like Eight Arms to Hold You, like the next one, a lot better because I think it's more consistent. Like, this one does, does have a few, not meh tracks, but like, I think... Um, the next one's just um like bam after bam after bam. Uh, I'm sure everyone would be upset if I said that. See, there's a great song, but uh, it is. See, there is a great so, song. What are you gonna do? 
Uh, oh, look, if if I had more time, like, just, just be, you know what, you know, fucking if you, even if you've heard a, a, a song five thousand times, it doesn't make it a bad song. We 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 talked about this with Better Man on Vitology. Like it was in both of our top fives. Yeah. Um, and we'll see this. Know. A great example coming up next year will be Foo Fighters because yeah. Big Me you've heard a million times, but it's also shit. So there's a difference between hearing something a million times and it being shit. Or just, but then there's also it also has a Mentos ad as the as the film. I don't care. Like, well, that that gives it like that gives it kudos. No, it doesn't. Where's my kudos? <laughs> um, also, Ed, uh, Ed, Ed, if you're listening, uh, hope your throat feels better soon. Oh, uh, <laughs> Ed. Yeah. Um. So, what's your movie pick? Uh look, if I'd rewatched it, it probably would have been Shawshank. Um, it would be close because. I had watched it a lot growing up and it's it's one of those films that just sticks with you. You don't have to watch it, you know, a hundred times or once a year to know that it's a great film. Maybe- I didn't mention it at the time, but there's, there's two pieces of music in that film that fuck... I, like that, when they first get to um, Shawshank, there's that, there's that orchestra that's like... It's like, it's, it's only on there for a bit. It's such a foreboding way to this is Shawshank Redemption this is the Shawshank prison yeah. like it's it's so but then I also love the very like the sort of Irish fiddle bit when they're looking through the hole behind the poster and there's just three people like and it's like it's got this sort of like uh, it's like it's like a chase like an Irish chase song or something like that it's just a really uplifting moment of like you've had this grey dreary sort of like prison for like the last hour and a half and now we're like going, we've gone into colour <laughs> and we're gonna have like you know a hearty Irish jig to go with it. Maybe That's I awesome. need to go and rewatch it again. You should, man. Everyone should. Was, I'm not saying it's a once a year, but I reckon it'll be a once every couple of years for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it's probably not Shawshank. Um, probably the next Karate Kid uh, with Hilary Swank would be that my... we didn't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's a quiz show. Okay. Um, it's. It's up there with Shawshank. It's one of those, like JFK, one of those mid-90s films that goes for too long, uh, stack full with men that you either have seen in 100 films or never seen before, but it just, as a white man, 18 to 40, this is a banger. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, look, and like, as I said, like, I've I've usually based my favourite movie on stuff like, there's been a few few that I've picked that it's like, you know, well-worn favorite movies of all time but um yeah i also like it when i've i find something new that just like it kept me interested and definitely quiz show fit that so all right so if you want to get in contact if you want to get in contact with us uh check us out at living in the past pod at gmail.com um check us out on instagram uh we sometimes update that leave us a Um, five star review on spotify five stars or no stars that's the rule Yes. Yeah, don't give us don't give us a simile. Hate us or love us. Or love to hate us. Or hate to love us. Um <laughs> what just happened? It's late and I'm gonna go um get some Milo and watch some picket fences. So I'll see you guys later. Good night everybody. Thank you once again for listening to Living in the Past. Got some awesome people to think at the end of the show here. Andrew Golding does our music for us. You can check out his stuff at www.antigold.bandcamp.com. 
Rebecca Sheedy, she does our artwork. You can check out her stuff on Instagram at Mild Scribbling. Send us an email at livingthepastpod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram. You can check out letterbox.com following P.D. Lumsden and check out the movies that we've been talking about this season. You can check out the music we've been talking about on the podcast by going to Spotify and searching Living in the Past podcast and then the month that you want to check out. Want to help us grow the show? Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or tell your neighbour, tell your friend, tell your mother. It all helps. And until next time, as we always say, sit back, look back and relax. Thanks.